need you to say it with conviction. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the spirit of God who's here to lead us and guide us into all truth. Thank you that freedom is ours in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help when we need it. And, Father, we always need your presence as we present your word. And so I step back so the Spirit of God can use me to speak the oracles of God to your people. And I thank you in advance that chains will be broken mindsets will be changed and hearts father will be renewed to your way of doing things and father i pray for signs miracles and wonders to follow the word today because jesus always watches over his word to perform it and we declare that now in jesus mighty name everybody say amen 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 god bless you you may be seated we've been in a series entitled the verdict everybody say the verdict and uh, this series has been centered around the negative effects that judging has on our lives. And so I took a break on Mother's Day from the series, but I think today I'm going to try to finish it. So just keep your fingers crossed to see how far I can get today. So if you're taking notes, our message topic is the old me versus the new me. The old me versus the new me. And our focus is going to be on the balance between who I am and who I was. All right? So if you have your Bibles, our, our primary text is found in 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. And here's what's going to happen. The only way for me to successfully teach today's lesson is to do a slight review from our last lesson. And uh, that way we all can start on the same page and we can all end on the same page in unity. Now you say, well, Pastor, I don't need a review. Well, if repetition is good for in learning in school, then it's good for learning in church. Someone say amen to that. So our last topic that we spoke on was to stop judging you. And I, and I said something that I want you to think about. I said that self-judgment, say self-judgment. Self-judgment, that means to judge yourself, is like drinking poison and expecting to live. It's one of the most damaging things that we can do to ourselves. And the average person judges themselves and they don't know that they are. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that message, I'd encourage you to go back and watch it. And, uh, and then we looked at 1 John 3.20, which says this. It says, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. And the word condemn there, when you look it up, it means to find fault and blame. So that verse is actually saying that 
if our hearts find fault and blame us, God is greater than our heart. Now, this verse also shows us that condemnation takes place in the heart. Everybody say condemnation takes place in the heart. It takes place in our heart. But watch this. So does faith and believing. Those both those things take place in the heart as well, which says that whatever dominates my heart is what my life is going to look like. That's why it says guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of your heart flows the issues of life. And since our faith and our believing takes place, we want to make sure that condemnation is not there. So we looked at 1 John 3 and then verse 21 says, Beloved, if our heart condemns us or condemn, find fault and blame us not, then we can have confidence towards God. So as long as my heart doesn't condemn me, if I'm not blaming myself and if I'm not judging myself, if my heart is clear towards me, then I will have confidence towards God. So condemnation, self-blame or judgment, however way you want to look at it, can keep us from having confidence towards God. And let me give you, let me tell you this, that if you have very little confidence towards God, you're going to have very little confidence towards you. Say amen to that. So uh, we also, after we looked at 1 John, we, looked, we went into um, John chapter 3, verse 16, because there was a positive side of judgment that I wanted you all to see. Okay, and so John 3.16, we know the verse. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and then whosoever believe in him, watch this, should not perish but have everlasting life. But then it says, here comes the judgment, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn or judge the world, but that the world through Jesus Christ might be saved. Here's the judgment. He that believe on him is not condemned or judged. But he that does not believe is condemned or judged already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And really the world needs to understand that God, listen, God does not send people to hell. Even though some of us do. Come on, you probably told somebody that this week. Go to right but God doesn't send people there this is what makes mix most people up they're like well if God was such a loving God why would he send people to hell he doesn't they go by choice and it is our responsibility say my responsibility it is our responsibility to tell the world that they don't have to go listen it's not because of how good of a person they are or how not good of a person they are it's all based on if they know Jesus Christ. Amen. So the judgment that God made is a two-sided coin. If a person chooses not to believe in Jesus Christ, then the judgment from God, listen, is death. But on the other side of that judgment is just as real. Whoever believes in the Son, watch this now, has everlasting life and will not be condemned. So what does that mean? That means that God sees us through the finished work that Jesus did on the cross. And my main message on the last one was to show us that if God sees us through the eyes of Jesus Christ, that we have been made righteous, then we should see ourselves the same way. We have been made and declared righteous by God. And so we concluded 
by explaining how we should take communion. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, it tells us that communion's sole purpose was for us to remember what Jesus Christ had done for us. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four 24 says, And when he had given thanks, this was Jesus, he broke the bread, he said, Take it, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so many times in the past when we have taken communion, we're not taking communion remembering what Jesus did. We were taking communion and remembering what we would do, what we did. When really, it's really not about us, it's about him. It's not about what we did, it's about what he did. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight, it says, uh, and this is where I think most people got off. It says, but if any man examine himself, let a man examine himself, and then let him eat the bread. But that word examine means to inspect for approval. Okay, it's not a, an internal examination to find fault or blame with myself. No, when he said let a man examine, he was like, look, look at yourself. And what you need to do is inspect for approval. So now when I take communion, it's not about looking at what I've done and I'm confessing sins when I'm really supposed to be remembering what he has done. And when you remember what he has done, then you will remember what he's done for you. So what has he done? He removed sin from my life completely. Amen. So the examination of ourselves should always be on the positive side of God's judgment through the finished work of Jesus Christ. In other words, we have been approved by God. I want you to hear this. We have been approved by God. And here's what's amazing. We didn't have to work for that to happen. You know, some people, you have to work to get their approval. Come on, as parents, sometimes our children have to work to get our approval. But see, when Jesus died for us, then what he did got us approved. Ephesians 1, 6 says this, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he, God, has made us accepted in the beloved. So we've been accepted by God because of what Jesus has done. So here's the question that came up in our staff meeting a couple of weeks ago. Because remember, I'm walking my staff through this book called Stop the Pain with Sinners Around Judgment. So I've been walking them through this book as I'm teaching you all. And uh, one of the questions that came up that we talked about is if God sees us through the finished work of Jesus Christ and we need to see ourselves that way, what need do we have to change? I mean, if God sees me as perfect, if God sees me as righteous, if God sees me as uh, made righteous through Jesus Christ, if that's how God sees me and then I learn to see myself that way, then what need do I have to change? Okay, uh, listen, if God's okay with me and I'm okay with me, hey, I don't need to change. Well, here's the question. Do you need to change? And does God expect us to change? Why would he expect us to change if he sees me in a non-judgmental situation so here's the first point if you're taking notes the fruit is me or the fruit me once we're in Christ we become new creations and so here's what I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about because we're talking about the old you versus the new you okay so I'm going to talk about the fruit 
that you and I should be producing as new believers or new people in Christ Jesus. It says, once we are in Christ, we become new creations. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, say, I'm in Christ. Come on at home, just say, I'm in Christ. If any man be in Christ, watch this, he's a new creature. Watch this now. All things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. I'm going to cover this later on in the lesson. But I want you to notice here that old things are passed away. And then he says everything becomes new. Watch Galatians 6.15. For in Christ, everybody say, I'm in Christ. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything or uncircumcision. But watch this, but a new creature. Now, this new us, watch this now, is spiritual which should eventually manifest in the physical. I'm going to say this again because this is where fruit comes in. And I know that there are some Christians who just have what I call spiritual life insurance. They got saved and that was it. They're not doing nothing for Jesus. You won't even know they're saved until they tell you. Because they don't have no good fruit. Right? But that doesn't mean they're not saved. I believe there are going to be people in heaven that we're going to be shocked to see. Because if Tupac confessed with his mouth the Lord Jesus and believed in his heart that God raised him from the dead, then Tupac going to be in heaven. He might not have no rewards for his works, but he'll get up there. Now, see, some of y'all just had a problem with Tupac. Oh, my God. Let him alone. He's dead, okay? I'm going to say this again. This new us is spiritual. This new creation that we talked about is spiritual, which should. Everybody say should. It should eventually manifest in the physical. So here's the question. Why do we need to change since God no longer is judging us? Does God expect us to change? Well, here's the, here's the, here's the answer to that. God desires us to produce fruit. So watch this. So if we have to change in order to produce some fruit, then guess what? Then God desires us to change. I'm going to say that again. Is God wanting us to change? Well, no, God is desiring us to produce fruit. I'll show you that in just a minute. So if God wants us to produce fruit, then that means we're going to have to make some changes in our life to produce the fruit, which means that if it takes change to, watch this, produce fruit, then God desires us to change. John 15, 8, watch what it says. Herein, this was Jesus talking, is my Father glorified. Why is he glorified? When we bear what? Much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. He didn't just say fruit. It's that mango tree that Pastor Che was talking about. It's much fruit. And then he says, so shall you be my disciples. Now watch John 15 verse 16. Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And I've ordained you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ordained. Come on, y'all type that in the comment section. Say, I am ordained. He says, I have ordained you. And here's why he's ordained us. To go and bring forth what, church? Fruit. And then he says, I don't just want you to bring some fruit. He says, I want you to bring some fruit. And I want that fruit to remain. And if your fruit remains, I'm going to talk about this at the end. He says, then whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he's going to give it to you. 
So what does it mean to produce fruit? Because if Jesus is requiring us, if God desires us to produce fruit, what is fruit? Well, fruit, when you look that word up in the Bible, it means three words, works, acts, and deeds. Everybody say works, acts, and deeds. So producing fruit is something God wants us to do. Romans 7, 4 says this, Wherefore, my brethren, you are also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who's raised from the dead. So guess what? Everybody in the body of Christ is married. I know you're waiting on your spouse. You're already married. He said that we should be married to another, even to him who was raised from the dead. Well, who do y'all think he's talking about? Jesus. So look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is my boyfriend. He said, oh, that's kind of funny. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a man. We know you're a man. It's okay. <laughs> you meet somebody. You married? I am. To who? Jesus. Whoa. <laughs> that'll run some people off you might want to say that <laughs> so then it says you should be married to another even to him who raised from the dead watch this here's go that we say we say i'm a we he says so we should bring forth what fruit unto who unto who okay so god is expecting us to bring some fruit to him now, can you imagine, have you ever had one of those bananas that stayed out, you know, you didn't eat it for a long time and it was brown? Or it looked good on the outside when you peeled it, it's just all brown. You can't bring no brown banana to God. You think he wants, do you want a brown banana? I don't want a brown banana. I don't even think a monkey would eat a brown banana. Well, if you, listen, if you don't want a brown banana... What makes you think God wants a brown banana? So he wants us to bring him some fruit. And here's the thing. The reality of producing fruit is this. We cannot produce fruit in and of ourselves. We have to produce fruit connected to Jesus Christ. John 15, 5, watch what it says. Jesus said, I'm the vine. You are the branches. And he that abides in me and I in him the same will bring forth, what? Much fruit. And then he says, for without me, you can do nothing. If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them up and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Now this lines up with 1 Corinthians 3.14, which says, if any man's work abides, which he builds on, upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself sh shall be saved by fire. So listen, so I and you were not being judged like the world for our sins. Listen, Jesus died for that for us. But guess what? We are being judged by our works, our acts, and our deeds. Because God ain't judging us now. He's judging our works. And that's why works and fruit are the same so when we function in this new man that i've been talking about this christ in us will produce fruit in other words we'll produce good fruit acts and deeds when we yield say yield yield to this new creation on the inside i'm going to show you how to do that in just a minute so the nlt the new living translation of galatians 5:22, it talks about this fruit that this new man in us should be producing it's called the fruit of the spirit it says, 
but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. Everybody say patience. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are fruits that God's looking for us to bring. And when you know that and you're conscious of that, when it's time to cuss somebody out, what you say is, I love you with the love of Jesus. You know, something else was about to come out, but next thing you know, it's like, wow. The love came out. Romans 6.20 says this, For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things were death. Watch verse 22. But now being made free from sin, why? Because Jesus died for that, and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto what? Holiness. So, Here's where things can get difficult because the moment we decide to function from the old mind or the old man, we will produce fruit of, as well, and that's called the fruit of the flesh. Because you have the fruit of the spirit and then you have the fruit of the flesh, right? And, and listen, I, let me just say this. Our old man is a reference point, but no longer is the real us. He's just a reference point. So I'm going to show you how you and I flow from the real lust, the Christ in us, the new man, the new creation, how we go from him over to this flesh man, that reference point. I'm going to show you how we do that. So if you're taking notes, let's go to point number two, and that is the old man is my old mind. See, he's dead. The old man is dead. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. He's dead, but he's a reference point. Why? Because the reference point is my mind. And this is why if you and I do not change the way we think, we will still act the way we did. So Ephesians 4.21 says, If so be that you have heard him, I want y'all to listen to this now, and you have been taught by him, talking about Jesus, as the truth is in Jesus. I'm going to read it again. If so be that you have heard him, everybody say heard him, and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Watch what we will do when we have heard him and we have been taught by him and we have received the truth about Jesus. Then he says, then you'll be able to put off that old conversation, that former man, the old man, watch this, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. In other words, the old man can only come off when truth and knowledge about the new man has been discovered. I'm going to say that again. The old man can only come off when truth and knowledge about the new man has been discovered. And so when the Bible references carnal-minded, it's talking about the old man. So uh, they're going to bring something up here for me. They're going to push it up here because uh, I want to make, I want to illustrate something for you. All right. So this is just, you know, a few jackets out of my wardrobe. Thank you, sir. And uh, here's the thing. How you and I think will determine what we do. Right. So watch this now. This is now Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So listen, my mind is the bridge between the old me and the new me. Y'all get that? My mind is the bridge between my old me and my new me. In other words, 
the bridge is the only way thoughts are going to get across. And my mind is in the middle, right? That bridge. So watch this now. Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So you can prove what's good. So my mind determines how I act. And so we have to put on this new man, which is after God created in holiness. This is verse 24. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Let me point this out again. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, say, I'm in Christ. He's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. These things that become new to us as we discover truth. So he says all things become new. They become new. Well, how do they become new? They become new as you and I discover truth. So the more we discover truth, the more I become new. I cannot become new unless I get some truth. Well, you are with me. So I become aware of the new me, which helps me put off the old me. So watch verse 25 now. It says, wherefore, put away lying and speak every man truth from his neighbor, for we are now members of one another. So these jackets represent some of the old me, right? So I got saved and, you know, before I got saved, I used to cuss a lot. That's why I be talking about cussing, because I used to cuss. I didn't curse, I cussed. There's a difference. And I didn't care where I was when I cussed. We could be at a funeral and I would cuss you out. We could be coming out of the church parking lot, and if you jumped in front of me, I would cuss you out. If you said something I didn't like. I would cuss you out. And if you didn't watch it, depending on your size, because I would have to size you up first, see if I can handle you. If I felt I can handle you and you kept getting on my nerve, then I would uh, cuss you out some more and talk about your mama too. So all of these habits, you know, we, we, you know, this is the old man. This is the old stuff that we used to do and we used to be, you know, uh, we were real good friends with Jack and Daniel and uh, Jack and Daniel really, we really enjoyed their company and uh, Mary Jane, we don't even want to talk about her. Because we was in love with her. She was our main thing, right? She made us feel all right. She made our hearts say. So, watch what this verse says. This is Ephesians. Do I look like I got muscles? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, watch now, verse 25. He says, wherefore, put away. Everybody say, put away. Put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. So now I'm learning that as a new creation, okay, I'm learning that lying is part of the old man. I didn't know that prior to getting saved. So lying was just a part of what I did. I mean, I was brought up with lies. 
My parents lied. So I learned how to lie. Come on, our parents lied to us. Your mama lied to you. No, my mama, you know, and my mama, she's sweet as pie now. She wasn't like that when I was growing up, though. I don't know who this lady is I got right now as a mother, but I didn't have her when I was, you know, younger, right? So the phone would ring. This is back in the day. The phone would ring that was on a cord, young people. It was not wireless. You would answer the phone. We did not have call waiting. You had to wait on the next call. You got a busy signal if you called the house. I would answer the phone. Uh, may I speak with Mildred? Who's speaking? You already know to ask that. Who's speaking? It's Dolores. Hold on, Miss Dolores. Mama, Miss Dolores on the phone. Tell I'm not here. Lie, 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 lie. So we learned how to lie. So now I'm a new creation. I'm not supposed to do that. So watch what he says. You have to put away lying and start speaking truth. So this is my lying jacket. Because now I've been informed that the new creation says that I'm supposed to speak truth, then I cannot continue to wear lying and speak truth at the same time. One of them's got to go. So I have to make a decision. And let me just explain this. Most people are waiting for Jesus to give them strength to do something, but they haven't made a decision to do it yet. Okay, let me say it like this. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. So listen, Christ is not going to strengthen you to do it until you decide to do it. Why should he give you and I strength to do something if we haven't made a decision we're going to do it? So the moment we make the decision, then he releases the strength for us to do it. But if you're just waiting for the strength first, it ain't going to happen because you haven't made a decision. So I have to make a decision. Okay, okay, God, Holy Spirit in me, you're the spirit of truth. I need you to help me to stop lying now. So I got to take the jacket off because I can't wear it. And speak truth at the same time. So we're going to put that right here. So now, when they come up to me and they say at work, did you come in on time today? <laughs> Just like I put him off. Yeah, I came in on time. I think I beat you. This is why we can flow through the flesh and the spirit. Because if your mind has not been renewed, you will pick this thing back up. So let's say, let's pretend now we, 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 we stop lying. We put it off. Let's look at the next verse. Verse 26 says, put it up there for me. Be angry, but sin not. And don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Oh, my gosh. First of all, he says, it's okay to be mad, but don't sin with it. So what is that, Pastor? He's saying, when you're upset, do not throw pots and pans. 
Do not cuss people out. Do not go out. He said, no, no, no. Be angry, but don't sin. And then if you get mad, don't go to bed mad. That's what he says, right? So now I got to take off my angry jacket. Because I've been wearing this one a long time. That's why I've been having to go through these anger management classes that I'm going through. This is why I've been called on. I'm talking to somebody online right now. This is why you've been called on several, that's three words, several times. Somebody dialed 911 for the police to come to the house for a wellness check. Because your anger, you haven't, watch what he says, be, sin, be angry and sin not. That means I got to take it off. Wow. So now, if I took it off, what did I put on? Well, the scripture says, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, for God's sake, has forgiven us. Then watch verse 27. It says, and neither give place to the devil. These are jackets that we be wearing. So maybe your giving place to the devil was through unforgiveness. You just have a heart. Can I say this? The more you forgive, the easier it becomes. The less you forgive, the harder it is to do it. So let's say, for instance, you've been wearing this jacket of unforgiveness because you, Johnny is 20 years old now and you didn't get $10 worth of child support. So you are unforgiving. And Johnny's dad is Bubba. And that's all you talk about. Bubba ain't gave a dime. Girl, I done raised Bubba, I mean, uh, Johnny by myself. Bubba ain't gave me nothing. I ain't doing nothing for Bubba. And see, here's the problem. If you can't forgive Bubba, God can't send you a boo-boo. So I got to take this off, man. This unforgiveness, I got to, listen, unforgiveness hurts me. It ain't hurting that person. Bubba sleep. Watch verse 27 or 28. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands. Uh Uh-oh. Did you hear that rain? So now I have to take off my stealing jacket and get a job. That's what he's saying. Let him that stole steal no more, but let him work with his hands. Oh, my God, I can't be on wig no more. I know they're giving out stimulus checks, but you need to get stimulated and get a job. You stealing. You're not disabled. You are ableless. Got to take off this stealing jacket. Oh, my God. Now, watch verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good. I got to take off now this bad mouth. Now, bad mouth is not just cussing. Bad mouth can be talking about people, gossiping about people. That's, that's what really corrupt communication. If it's not good, you shouldn't say it, right? So now I got to take that off. But here's the problem. Now, look, as I'm growing, as I'm renewing my mind, as I'm taking these off, what I have to do now is I have to maintain the mindset 
to keep these off. He said, well, how do you do that, Pastor? Let's go to point number three as this rain closes us out. We must become, because here's the thing, why should I produce fruit? What's the big deal? What's the advantage? Here's number three. We must become promise-driven and eventually God-pleasers. We must be promise-driven and eventually God-pleasers because really at the end of the day, it's okay to be promise-driven because God designed us that way. As a matter of fact, God made us reward-oriented. And that is why every principle in the Bible has a promise that's connected to it. Hebrews 11:6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him, for he that comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder. So God rewards us for obeying Him. So if God is judging my fruit or my works, watch this then, what should be the motivator? Well, let me just throw this in here. God is not keeping tab of your sins, but He is keeping tab of your fruit. I'm going to say that again. God is not keeping tabs of your sin. Remember now, Jesus died for that. We're no longer being judged for that. But he is judging our or keeping a tab on our works. So how do we become fruit-driven instead of flesh-driven? What is the motivator? John 15, 8 says this. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So, you, so shall you be my disciples. Verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and your fruit should remain. And here's, if your fruit remains, and that word remain means to abide dwell in or continue not to leave and it means to continue to be present he says if you can make your fruit stay whatever you ask the father in my name he says i will do it wow so when we become consistent fruit bearers not listen not perfect fruit bearers when we become consistent fruit bearers then we can consistently walk in what I call asking status. So can you imagine having a life and whatever you ask God for, he give it to you. That's what he's saying. He's saying if you, and this is why I try to get people, listen, look, look, I don't care where you are. Start doing something for God. Start doing something. Why? Because you're producing fruit. When you start producing fruit, not perfectly, but consistently, that's abiding. And when I'm abiding and I'm producing fruit, he says I can ask the Father for anything. In fact, John 15, 7 confirms this as well. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in me, you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Oh, my God. Somebody wants a swimming pool. I don't know who it is. It may be in here. It may be online. Somebody wants a swimming pool. Why don't you bear some extra fruit? See, y'all don't understand. Some of you all are blessing yourselves with what people ought to be blessing you with. Y'all didn't get that, did you? What? Some of us are wasting our money to buy things that we want that God wants to use people to give it to us. Okay, so I'll give you an example. Everybody say, years ago, I'm closing. Everybody say, years ago. Years ago, I had given some rims off of my car to a friend. Well, I see that as seed, right? Seed. So I gave these rims away. Well... Now I'm believing for some rims. Well, somebody gave me some rims, some 24s, right? 
So then I got a new car. So the rims on that car, I'm not going to turn it in with those wheels on there. I'm going to put the old ones back on there. So now I have these 24s. What do I do with those? I need to give them away. So one time I had just got a new SUV and I had prayed. I said, Lord, I want some rims for that car. And I'm not telling nobody I want those rims. And I left it just like that. I'm producing fruit. I'm doing what I need to do. And then all of a sudden, a member of the church comes up to me one Sunday and says, Pastor, I got some uh, brand new wheels and tires that fit your car in my garage just sitting there because we traded in our car to get a more gas-friendly vehicle, but I didn't want to, but I kept the wheels and tires. They're brand new. Would you like them? What do you think I said? I said yes. And here's my point. Some of us are spending money to get things that if we'll just exercise our asking status, God's waiting to put it on somebody's heart once we ask. So, Here's my question. What jacket do you need to put off today? Is it lying? Is it cheating? Cheating is hard to get on, ain't it? Is it lying? Is it cheating? It is, it is, is it deceiving? Is it, uh, Cussing? I don't know. Is it cussing? <laughs> I think some of y'all got some cussing jackets on. Here's my question. What's your jacket that needs to come on? So with every head bow, if you're watching me, here's my question. What's your jacket? What needs to come off? Because the only way you're going to put on the new man is if you take off the old man. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the word. I pray that not just conviction will come, but God, clarity to understand what you are saying to us. And I pray in Jesus' name that each one of us if you just be still let God tell you, because you might not can think of some jackets that need to come off, but he does. Father, as you reveal to us these flesh jackets that we've been wearing, we know you're not judging us, but Father, you desire change so that we can produce fruit. Because when we produce fruit, your word says you are glorified. And so I thank you for every person today that we're free in you and we're free father from the elements and the issues of this world that we're in we're in it but we're not of it and the spirit of God is on the inside to help us navigate through this world and through this life and I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will help us father not only keep the jackets off but, Father, keep our minds renewed with your word. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. With every head still bowed, if you're watching me, here's my question. If you died today,
Are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Because if you're not, I want to pray for you. Maybe you're watching me and you say, Pastor Evan, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. But my heart is not 100% surrendered. I have some jackets in my life. They're in my closet. They're not surrendered. My question to you is, why not surrender today? Maybe you're here and you need a church home. You may be watching online and you, you've never been at a church. But somehow you tuned in to watching this. Well, I want you to consider connecting to Word of Truth Family Church. So those of you who are watching online and those of you who are in the building, I want us to pray the prayer of salvation because maybe there's someone here this morning who needs to make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of their life. And then after that, I'm going to pray for those who are already believers. And they need to 100%.